Hello and welcome to the centenary episode of For Your Reconsideration, the film podcast that champions tapped with the same rigour of a street vendor in a dead-end seaside town. Will we uncover a genuine pair of Air Jordans on this cinematic marketplace or a shonky pair of Hair, fo- <laughs> hair Force Unos? <laughs> I'm with us always for the 100th time, Simon and James. Um, how are you, boys? Oh, fantastic, yes. I love how you enjoyed your own invention, Jeff. <laughs> I couldn't keep it together once I'd started. Were you also tripped up by the fact that some market store will be selling Air Jordans? Yes, yeah, I was, yeah. Like, No, seriously, I saw some recently and they look eerily real, you know. Right, okay. We forget that they were 25 quid, but eerily real. <laughs> <laughs> Gents, how are you? Happy 100. 100. Uh, Unbelievable. It's been a long time coming. It has. It's been Most of our podcasts time. would have done this in 12 months. But, yeah. <laughs> I No, what is it, four years? Four is years. It four years? Like, pretty much to the maybe a month out or something like that, four years. I think it's good going, that, lads. I really What's do that, think that, two episodes good. a month? All right, I'll have that. I'll have that. We'll That's take fun. that. Yeah. yeah. That's really good going, boys. Really good going. But, I mean, right, so before we get going, there's a couple of questions I'd like to ask you, if that's all right. right. And listeners, sometimes when I say to the lads, oh, I've got a question for you, boys, I've secretly WhatsApped them earlier in the day to, you know, give them a nod. That's a behind-the-scenes nugget. Yeah. The likes of which we'll talk about shortly. But I'd like to ask these guys, what's your favourite episode we've done so far? Oh, oh, days. Um, I'm trying to think now. We did one a few weeks ago that was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Not ju- and maybe that's recency bias. <laughs> I love these live questions. They always work out so well, like with no prep. <laughs> I think the Anaconda episode we did was hilarious. I thought that was really, really mm. funny. Troy was good as well. Troy yeah. was Yeah, Troy good. was a good one. But there's been loads. There's been loads. We've had some great guests as well, like yeah, yeah. You know, Chris Goldie. What a lovely Tom man. Pickup coming on. You know, lots of the Pod Dojo guys. We've met some really great people and had some top guests over the year. Carl Stravey. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And Tom Newell, the VHS editor. Oh, so good. I wish we could get more guests, but um, the ones we've had have been Jolly good. Belting. Absolutely belting. And we've got our own little group now with other podcasts, haven't we? And we're, we've met some top people, yeah. got some top listeners. Can't complain at all. I mean, that's one for the listeners, isn't it, really, what the best episode was. Th- those ones that spring to mind were were Troy and Anaconda. In terms of this year, were really, really yeah. funny and informative, if I do say so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I would agree. I would totally agree. Sai, does anything stand out for you? Um... I seem to remember enjoying the Deep Blue Sea episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And any any time Cage pops up, so well, bringing out the dead standard. was a really good yes. one. Oh yeah, and uh, Bad Lieutenant was really good. Mm. I remember crying, laughing a lot in Bad Lieutenant. Yeah, Bad Lieutenant, really good film. Um, and Ro- Roadhouse as well, yeah. because I think out of all of the films we've done, <laughs> I think that is my favourite. <laughs> That. I think Roadhouse is an incredible movie. I absolutely love it. It really is, isn't it? Actually, because <laughs> I get because I'd never seen it before, and you know, it's it's great that there's a there's quite a few, you know, because we do the sort of the cycle of it where we each pick one each week. So yeah, 
now and again a film will pop up that I haven't seen. Yeah. So when you get those ones, and it's well, the same with tonight. I've I've never seen Universal Soldier. So yeah, it's good when you when you get to visit these curios from a bygone <laughs> time that no one gives a two shits about. That was, I, I, somebody <laughs> gives two shits about. Well, two people give two shits about Roadhouse. That's Doug Lyman and Jake Gyllenhaal because they're remaking it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 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 ah. For me, I think one of my favourite ones ever was Broken Arrow. Oh, so oh, good. Yeah, really because Arrow. of our dissection of um, the <laughs> Travolta's death. <laughs> like I felt sick for hours after we talked about that because it was so funny. And it was the birth of the sheriff's theme tune. It was, well, it was, Arrow. yeah, it bow, was. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> Great music. Oh. oh, the sheriff. That's the person we need to get on. We do. Yeah. Sometime in the next 100. Yes, yeah. Yeah, we've had a few messages back and forth with, with old Mick LaSalle, and we were supposed to meet up with him, weren't we? But COVID happened, and it just yeah. sort of fell yeah. away, So because he couldn't come, come to town. So hopefully... That'll be something we kind of rekindle and get that sort of sorted. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely love that because what a what a top dude he was. Because he like he completely got what we were trying to do and was open about it and stuff. And yeah, what a lovely man, Mick. We love you, mate, and thank you for being such a big part of our first one. <laughs> Accidentally as well. Yeah. <laughs> so good, yeah. Sorry, I just poured a load of Guinness down myself. Just yeah, me... that was really good. I do have another question. Oh. I've got two more. Oh, oh wow! Oh, if you want them. Please. In doing this podcast, what has happened that has surprised you in a pleasant way? Uh, that people actually listen to it, who we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because yes, I, no, I, 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 I don't know about I, you guys, but I, nobody in my family or friend no. circle listens to it anymore. So all the downloads and listeners that we get now are all people that we've built up you know, organically. We've had people in America listening to us, in Australia. Yeah. Singapore, it's just mad, absolutely mad. Yeah, and like we've got no funding or anything. We're we're three little fellas. We're just sort of plugging yeah. along. So we totally so appreciate cool. the fact that anybody would take the time out, you know, once a month or once every two weeks, whenever we get round to putting one out. That yeah, that people look forward to it and enjoy it and interact with us. And we've got some really knowledgeable. Can we call them fans? That sounds weird. <laughs> listeners. Peers. Yeah, friends and listeners, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the biggest thing that surprised me the most, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that because we, we've we sort of, as the four years have gone on, like the, the, list, the sort of listenership has picked up and steadily gone up. And as you say, we haven't really put money behind this in terms of promotion or anything like that. We just kind of do it just to hang out with each other really yeah, because yeah. you know we we live in different parts of the country and it, it's a, it was a good way to sort of have these nights where you just have a beer and just talk what we would normally talk about in the pub i guess when we do meet up so it's it's really great to have that people enjoy listening to us idiots <laughs> talk honestly it, it's true i no, i i totally totally agree it's when for me when someone comes and says and you meet them and you say uh, oh i listen to your podcast yeah. like and i'm like do you really? Yeah, like that blows me to bits. It's seriously, amazing, when I hear it? that, yeah. yeah, and and then when you hear that people like my favorite thing is um, when someone says, um, "I'd never heard of this movie, but I listened to your podcast about it. I went and watched it, and oh my word, I had a great time with that." 
Like, and mm. it's now one of my favourites. Like, that's happened a couple yeah. of times, and it's just really, really great. Like, recently, um, one of our listeners, um, Jack, he was like, I saw him recently, and he was like, um, I, li- I watched Green Room after the episode, and I'd never heard of it, but I've watched it twice since since that episode. You know, but like he's brave. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, how cool is that? Yeah. You know, like uh, that's great because we're Super, all in for the same yeah. thing. It's just like love of movies and chatting about it and stuff like that. Yeah, and and and, and, and liking them for why you like them and not why anyone else likes them. I guess. Yeah, yeah, and not because you've been told to like them. I mean, well, we are telling them. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're suggesting you reconsider this is true this is true just give it a chance just give yeah. it a chance we've got no authority nobody should be listening to us about anything really yeah. oh no, no. That's very, very true um, but when you say about people saying that they watched movies after the series um, that was what my mum was like in the first like 20 episodes oh and then cool. she just she doesn't listen anymore she can't mm. <laughs> <laughs> the politeness thing has gone. Yeah. It's like, the, oh god, you're still putting this. <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of glad in a way because you can't really, you can't, you can't count those so much. Your mum listening, you know, because no, you can't. Yeah, 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 that's true. We don't want your pity. <laughs> that's so depressing that expression. Um, so, uh, as another question, can I ask what is a behind-the-scenes nugget that you think our our lovely friends and listeners should know from the show? Well, yeah, about. About anything to do with this, it takes me ages to cut them down. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think like the the effort that I don't think you do know that. No, no, no. The, yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's behind the scenes, like bonus features for me and James. Uh, like seriously, Simon's <laughs> effort in doing this is and his his like his dedication to the craft of making really good, well produced podcasts yep. is like just exemplary and something that we're all really proud of, and it's it's really down to him. Absolutely. I make a rod for my own back because I should have be like that sort of person who can just mix the three record uh, recordings together and just stick it out. But I, I really will have to sit down and cut out the uh, well, the dead air from me mainly. Is that why I'm, <laughs> ne- I'm never on? I'm never on any of the um, right really double seven. The the chaps over at really double seven are always like, oh, Sai, you should come on, blah blah blah. And I'm like. I really can't do it because the curtain would be pulled back too much. <laughs> I'll be exposed as this bumbling fool. Which no, I cut no, out, no, no. Cut out every episode. Again, listeners, this is this isn't behind this is behind the scenes fiction. Uh, but um, no, I, I enjoy it. It's always really funny listening to the back as well, and um, yeah, really corny. But you're kind of proud of it. It's good, yeah, isn't it? yeah, absolutely, no, that's yeah. good corny. fun. Is there, is there anything, like you mentioned there, stuff that gets cut out. Is there anything, not that you can really, like, is there anything that you can allude to that you <laughs> made you laugh a lot but we had to cut? Um, it's generally you being we being um, potty-mouthed because we don't... Oh, we yeah, 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 yeah. We, we take that out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I ever, I ever accidentally do a rude, rudy doody. We have to take things out for libelous issues sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we do, we do. <laughs> yeah. we, sometimes we go down a rabbit hole of... <laughs> Wild speculation about public figures. Yes, sometimes Conspiracy Corner goes into full-on libel zones. (laughs) Oh, now that's a new libel zone. That could be the (laughs) the jingle. Just a bleep all the way through. Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, James, do you have a behind-the-scenes nugget for anyone? Um, no, when you said that, I thought you were talking about one of the films that we'd covered, and the only thing that sprung to mind was Steven Seagal shitting himself on the set of Out for Justice after being <laughs> choked out by a stuntman. You took nugget very literally. I don't think it was solid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, actually, that Out for Justice episode is right up there with one of my all-time yes. favourites, because we cried laughing doing that one um, I mean that they're all the good that era of films is always a good fun one to record and listen yeah. back to isn't it yeah and we're in the middle of it tonight aren't we yeah oh, well yeah, yeah yes. straight back in that <laughs> yes, 90s sweet spot of uh, oh, action cinema really is um, I think if I were to add a, a little nugget yeah we are really really fast and loose with a lot of stuff in the sense that we we're you know husbands and dads and we can't do stuff like just we don't schedule things like we we roughly schedule it james is always very on point excellent work with the uh you know like let's get a date in that kind of thing that then randomly gets ignored and we don't do that do we? <laughs> <laughs> another behind the scenes nugget sadly extremely accurate <laughs> <laughs> Because um, we're like, it's hard, you know, it like to, yeah. it's tough, but it's, um, but it's so much fun, and um, I'm so glad that we do it. Uh, so yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, we do, we aim for at least one a month, don't we? And um, bare two minimum, if yeah. If we're feeling fruity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of the benefits of being purely independent, where it's just us making this. We've got no one else involved. There's no one. We haven't got sort of pressured time schedules and things like that. And although, if anybody does want to be our corporate overlord, we're well, absolutely I mean, yeah, open would, to yeah. selling out. Right? <laughs> I, I would, I will uh, take this opportunity to say, um, Manscaped, if you keep emailing us, you know, at some point, it's going to have to, you're going to have to put your money where your mouth is. Also, I just wanted to comment on just how wonderful, as I top my drink up. Guinness Nitro surges. I, I mean, I was saying this in the corner of my eye as I mean, this we is, were talking. You, that's behind the scenes. How distracting Rob can be on the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah, that was a particular highlight, that one where you were on holiday and you recorded from your car. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's you brought the microphone out to the car and uh, had to record it. It was... Quite oh, scary, actually. It felt like it was a setup to some kind of found footage horror movie. It was, yeah. That was the guest, wasn't it, with Dan... Uh... Oh, Dan Stevens. And he said Dan Walker. That is not Dan Walker. Different that movie. Dan possibly Ste- quite good. Daniel Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Should we get this episode on the roll? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we'd just like to say thank you so much for listening. Stick with us for the next 100. Yeah. We love doing this. We love that people listen to it. As long as you lot keep listening, we'll 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 keep doing them. Yeah, we love you guys. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad I'm glad you stick with us, and you know you 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 still listen after all these episodes. And um, yeah, it's very it's it's very nice because because we we would do this if we we had about ten listeners. Well, we did at the start. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Th- three of which were were ourselves. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I remember that. Like when that first episode dropped, we couldn't believe it. I think we had thirteen for like the first couple of days, and it was like, oh my god, have you seen it? Thirteen people. Seriously, like we'd still be doing it if it was that. We did. We did have a complaint of someone who said, um, "You you you don't do it regularly enough." So I'm going to stop listening. It was like, ah, oh. but no, it's a pleasure. It's really good. It's it's real good fun, and it's um. Because I rarely, rarely see you guys, so it's nice to have a beer and a, and a, and a chin and talk over, about over these nonsense movies. Exactly. Um, also, big love to the guy who 
reviewed us on uh, Apple, I think it was, on Apple Podcasts, and said, I love this, but I can't stand the guy with the horse laugh. <laughs> but who was it, though? That one's for you, buddy. <laughs> he didn't specify which one it was whose laugh was irritating. Oh, it's definitely, definitely you, me. Definitely you. <laughs> 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 My gormless, dopey love. <laughs> hey, it was still a three-star review. You know, it wasn't completely negative. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you a behind-the-scenes nugget. Actually, now we talk about it. So, Rob. Now we're talking about Rob's laugh. Oh, no. Rob's laugh is so loud that it breaks his microphone quite regularly. <laughs> So during the edit, I have to then find the laughs where it doesn't break the microphone and then splice them into the moments where you it You edit my laughter? Well, I have to because you you, you laugh so loud. <laughs> it breaks the this, So this is, the, is this why we have the chat before we go on? Like, let's everyone check their levels. Yeah. And is that why mine are always really low? <laughs> no, well, because it's... Um, no, I mean it's fine. It's it's great. It's it's really, but I have this. I've built this sequence up over times where it's just Rob's varying laughs, and I just if I need a really a big laugh with gusto, I can bring that one oh, in. No, and if it's just a little giggle, I can bring that. One. Honestly, <laughs> it's like having my own like laugh wetter studios. You know, yeah, like, it's amazing. It's like a it's like a, a a laugh factory of 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 Rob. But please don't change Rob. It's part. I can, of well, I can't. It's, it's, I, I, I literally can't. I love that, like, saved for posterity is a bunch of my laughs and Kevin Bacon down to the last capillary. <laughs> <laughs> the two <laughs> two gifts to science. <laughs> oh, boys. Well, uh, very good. I love you. I love all you listeners. Thank you so much for everything. And um, we've got a cracker tonight for you. So let's barrel on. Um, but first, before we do that, I'd like to know what have you boys been watching? Oh, so I haven't actually been to the cinema for a couple of weeks oh. because we're getting into silly blockbuster season and like Guardians of the Galaxy takes over the multiplex and now Fast X. I'm going tomorrow to see the new Ari Aster film, so I will report back on that next time we record. But there are a couple of things I wanted to shout out that I did see on the big screen that will be coming on to VOD in the not-too-distant future if they're not already on there. So the first one I wanted to uh, to big up was probably one of the best films I've seen so far this year, How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Oh, nice. you guys heard of this film? Uh, no, I only heard this from seeing your review on Letterboxd, actually, James. Something about a pipeline. Yes. <laughs> So this is a, a gripping, like hugely effective race against time eco heist thriller that owes a huge structural debt to Reservoir Dogs. There's lots of flashbacks and stuff. Unlike Tarantino's film, How to Blow Up a Pipeline is not a dialogue heavy movie and works best when character motivation is conveyed through action rather than in the expositional flashbacks. Hopefully, now that the film is hitting VOD, it'll be widely seen uh, as a thought-provoking piece of entertainment such as this is much more likely to engage those in denial about the climate crisis than, say, I don't know, chucking a load of orange dust on a snooker table at the World Championships. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how when you probably wrote that, it was very uh, on point. And very, it was, yeah, like, that's in, what I saw. It, 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 it was the same week. <laughs> yeah. was it, really? <laughs> it was the same week and I was sat in the cinema going, well, that's way more effective. Well, this is what cinema does, isn't it? That's way more effective than exactly. power of movies. Like, if you went and saw a really tight thread like that about you know the fine line between activism and domestic terrorism and like the questions that asks and why these people do behaving in that way that would convert people more 
than those sorts of aimless demonstrations, I would say. Completely agree. Politics, nice. We're getting some hot topics. Oh, yeah. And then I also saw Evil Dead Rise. Uh, Have we ever discussed Evil Dead? I'm a recent convert, like, in the last 18 months. I was always too scared to watch any of them, and then I realised that they're not actually scary. They're just ludicrous. Yeah, they're really stupid, really funny. Yeah. Particularly the third one. Yes, yeah. The second and third one. I think the first one's, like, the scariest one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then it goes a bit daft after that but entertaining the second one is like a masterpiece a slapstick masterpiece and uh this new one it sort of lacks the zany charm and creativity of the original raimi trilogy as well as the balls to the wall gnarliness of the 2013 reboot but uh the film is nonetheless a swift and largely fun entry in the long-running series even if it does sort of play a little bit like Baby's first Evil Dead. Like, all the (laughs) gore and blood is on display, but you just feel like... I enjoyed it for what it was, and it was packed in the cinema when I saw it as well. Absolutely packed. But I was just sort of like, yeah, it's good, but I wouldn't mind a well-orchestrated jump scare. Yeah, I was never scared at any point. Right, interested, interested. I, I liked it, and I understand the mechanics of how it works, but... It never even scared me for a moment. It was it didn't have like the laugh out loud moments of those Bruce Campbell ones, which is fine. But it might be worth checking out when VOD, probably one that you'll enjoy more at home than you would actually, you know, making a single trip out to the cinema to see it. How did, how did it compare to um, Drag Me to Hell? It's nowhere near as good as that. I love Drag Me to Hell. Drag Me to Hell is amazing, isn't it? I think yeah, yeah. It could be it could be his finest hour. Seriously. It's really good that film. Yeah, it's like a, it's like an unofficial Evil Dead, isn't it? Uh, Drag me to hell. Yeah, it's it's nowhere near as good as that. That's a really really good movie. Cool, 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 cool. Sai, what have you been swilling into? Uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, I, I have watched, <laughs> I have watched like a few bits and pieces, but sadly, like James, no cinema trips for me because I've been just way too busy. I don't feel too guilty though, seeing as. Um, Curzon are still getting my £25 a month membership <laughs> fee uh, so at least I am contributing financially oh, to the yeah. cause yes. <laughs> uh, rather than not being there physically um, but no I caught up with um, James I think you mentioned it on the last episode um, I caught up with Air the Nike Air Jordan sports drama with those Matt plucky Damon, marketing executives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, you know? it's really good fun. <laughs> Just a, a really nice sports drama with infinitely likable Matt Damon. I, I honestly do not know how he does it. He's just so insanely likable as a leading man in all the films he is. And I, I rewatched The Martian as well recently, and again, he's just he's just incredible. Oh yeah. Which that film is one of the best cast movies I think I've ever seen in terms of the ensemble and especially if you watch it now because there's a lot of people in there who've gone on to have since that film was made have gone on to have like massive careers like Sebastian Stan's in it and and Donald Glover Donald Glover's in it you know like all these people who maybe at the time weren't household names but now they have become household names so when you re-watch it it's like oh just an amazing ensemble cast but a film I did want to shout out in particular, and it is a bit of an old one, actually, but a film that, now having finally caught up with it after all these years, um, I honestly believe is something of a modern masterpiece, and um, that's The Place Beyond the Pines yeah. by Derek... Well, good. I don't know how you say his name. Derek Sion France? I don't know how you say his name. Off, yeah. 
We're synonymous for butchering people's names on this podcast. <laughs> Villanueve. Sorry, that's not us. Dennis Villanueve. Um, but yeah, I never, I never caught this on. I always wanted to watch it because it was, it was in that era of. It was after Drive, I think it was. So Ryan Gosling was like super, super hot, and everyone wanted to watch everything he was in. And but I never caught it because my flatmate gave away a major plot point like an absolute wally. So I sort of refused to watch it because I was having a big sulk about it. <laughs> like, ruined it, it was- um, but yeah, uh, it's come on Amazon Prime and I, and I watched it and what an amazing film. It is an absolutely brilliant film. It's really captivating with a string of incredible top tier performances and a couple of masterful narrative pivots that just keep you completely transfixed throughout the whole film. It's a really genuinely great film. And yeah, as I say, it's, it's just gone on Amazon Prime. So if you have that service and, and haven't seen it or saw it years and years ago and, and, and want to sort of catch up and watch it again, definitely give it a watch. It's superb. It's a really, really good film. Very cool. Very cool. Thanks, man. Anything else you want to shout, shout, uh, give nods to? Uh, no, no, I think that's, I think that's it. I, I've turned Sundays into um, a sort of family matinee thing. We, I've watched all the Star oh. Wars sequels, oh. which are which are all good, apart from Rise of Skywalker. That's a pile of shit, that is. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm, I've currently, I've watched the first two Indiana Jones films. So I watched <gasps> um, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom. So I've got Last Crusade on Sunday, which I can't wait for uh, to rewatch that. Jealous. So, um, yeah, Jealous. I'm enjoying those Sundays. It's quite good. I think it was started. We watched Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and then we were like, "We should watch a film like this every Sunday." And yeah. Well, why did you start with a horror? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know the thing at the end, like yeah, as it's reaching out, like just honestly shoot it <laughs> right between the <laughs> shotgun blast. I mean, if I take it, you wouldn't here. be getting on the ship with Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> no, I would not be. I, honestly, only if I was going on there as the sacrificial lamb loaded with a nuke to take them all out, then that's the Like Randy Quaid. Yeah, uh, I'm back! <laughs> <laughs> Although I've never been because you're sick, so... Yeah. Um, <laughs> What have you been watching, Rob? <laughs> right, well, I've watched um, a, a couple of things. I actually wanted to give a little shout-out. Um, firstly, well, a thanks it was one thing. I uh, had a recent birthday, and someone gave me a... Sorry, it's not someone. It's not just anyone. It's my brother-in-law, Drew, he uh, and uh, his wonderful other half, Claire. They gave me a voucher for the Everyman Cinema. And when I was handed it, I was told... This is because Simon always talks about it on the uh, on the podcast, <laughs> uh, and we have one here in Manchester. So, um, yes, we do. So, yeah, outstanding. Anyway, so I'm going to go to the Everyman soon. I think we've got pencil in. We're going to go and watch the new Little Mermaid with it. Oh, good! Actually. That looks absolutely dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's enough. That's... <laughs> trying to tow the family party line here, James. <laughs> uh, no, I've watched I've watched two bits of TV this week, uh, or in the intervening period. One is, and 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 both um, have me sort of like agog in different ways. Firstly, I will go with Ten Pound Poms, uh, which is the BBC nine pm slot on Sunday nights, uh, and this is the story of a family that goes out to Australia. Uh, in the 1950s on the basis of you get paid a tenner for going out there and adding to the workforce and uh, being involved in the prosperity of the country or whatever. And 
I might have really messed up the history of that, but um, it's not an area of history I'm very sort of like knowledgeable upon or anything like that. Um, but it's a it's a great show. I've really really enjoyed it. Everything I've seen so far, uh, really really good. And the uh, lead dude in it is Warren Brown, ah. the dude who uh, the the main dude who um, has done so much for for my book career. So. Um, I've been watching him in this, and he's outstanding in it. And I think it's like it's the first time, certainly, I've seen him doing like a, you know, like a bloke with like a family that's in the teens and that kind of stuff. And he's flawed in all fabulous ways, you know, like that you want out of a lead character that you can root for. So um, it's brilliant. Um, production values are absolutely insane as well. You know, trying to re- recreate that fifties Australia. So I've loved this. It's on uh, BBC iPlayer right now. And if you're in Australia, it's on something called Stam. So um, fill your fill your jolly boots, mate. Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, can we get that out? That's got to go. No, that's staying in. There's some Australian listeners gone. Uh, well, I think they went when we did Rogue. Oh, Um, Oh, and might I just interject, given that Rob will be too modest to do so. There's another Warren Brown uh, piece of media that just recently come out that was penned by our own Mr. Rob Parker. Please go ahead and plug the new book, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, So The Only Truly Dead is out now, and it is the uh, finale of the 30 Miles trilogy. That's on Audible, right? So, yep, you can get it on Audible. It'll be on print with uh, the mighty Red Dog Press uh, this time next year. But if you like your, you know... Uh, well you're listening to this so you like your audio presentations check it out on Audible Warren Brown does a one man show that is just obscene in its quality um, to be honest so yeah he really goes to town doesn't he he does all the characters and gives them all oh he does everything yeah but his performance this isn't a reading this is a performance um, and it's outstanding so thank you Warren thank you boys appreciate it so the second thing that I've been watching is something called Missing Dead or Alive. Now, have you guys heard of this? No. No. So it's entered in at number two or number one on Netflix's like hot docu. Well, no, I think it's across the entirety of its of its viewership. It's not about Bigfoot, is it? It definitely isn't. Um, <laughs> because it would be wanted Because then that would explain why I'd never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> and much like the titular beast probably doesn't exist. Right, that's enough. <laughs> We haven't even got to Bigfoot Corner yet. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, Missing Dead or Alive. Right, so this is a... It's in the documentary, docuseries category on Netflix. And I've just got no idea how. Because what it purports to do is to follow actual law enforcement people as they try to unsolve a case. It's just filmed astonishingly well if this was just on, done on the fly following investigators. And there's a lot of convenient twists and turns. So, for example, in the first episode, there's a dude accused of murder, and then there's a moment where he's monologuing about it. And then you you go home with the investigators to lovely, you know, like, low-lit shots of them crawling into bed and all this kind of stuff, all in, like, immense 4K with, you know, shallow depth of field. And it's like, what is the true story? What is real here? I don't know what's real and what's not. So I would, I would literally, I would urge anyone who likes the docu series stuff 
to check it out and please tell us what you think because I I don't know and I've been like typing it into Google like is missing dead or alive real and no one is answering no one can answer the Guardian did a thing like people are asking questions here but we've reached out and we've not had anything back and if it's not real what are they doing <laughs> if it is real how the heck did they do it you know like following a live investigation with a multiple you know, like a massive production crew and a multiple camera operation. I've no idea how this is done. I think we've... Is it... Do you say it was on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. Because I think that... Because I'm quite a critic of Netflix. I think some of the mm. stuff they put out is just so awful. And then it gets cancelled after a season and it's like, yeah, no shit, because it was rubbish. Yeah. But then their documentaries are just next level. The, the, the yeah. series of documentaries are and the way they're produced and, you know, whether they're putting far too much money in into them or whatever than what's been done before, which is why they become this different level of, of TV documentary. But yeah, that their sort of string of, of docs are, are really good. I think Netflix are definitely the the sort of leader in that in, in that mm. sort of genre. Because they're just brilliant. They're all really good. Yeah. Um, and so well made. I think the production values, like you say there, site are just on everything they do in that field. It's like they could do a documentary of, of me going for a happy meal and they'd make it dynamite. Like, it, it would just be... Loads of drone shots. Yeah. Yeah. Of me going to the... The Goulburn McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> Debating whether to drop a wicked Grieger before going <laughs> Well, it was a happy meal. I wouldn't have to have made much room. So, <laughs> no, it's 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 a fa- for me. It's like it's almost um, a step into something different because all their stuff is amazing. Like I remember the Gacy documentary on there is is staggering. Like the detail and the quality is staggering. Yeah, I need to get into more of this stuff. I'm not really into the true crime type stuff. I used to watch a lot of it. But, yeah, it, it does sound intriguing. Well, I think for a lot of people it comes with a double-edged sword because yeah. we're all somehow morbidly fascinated, aren't we, with this sort of thing? Yeah. And you can't, as a, the human condition is that we can't, like, help that. But it does inform us in sort of mad ways. So, you know, when um, the, the whole, in the UK here for listeners overseas, we had a, a recent case um, with someone called Nicola Bully. And when she went missing, there was a public outcry that the police were going down the wrong avenues. And it was astonishing, really, that the police kept having to come out and say, look, look, we do know what we're doing here. And this is the sort of the side effect of the true crime phenomena, isn't it? That everyone is sort of an armchair investigator. I did have a chat with someone who I I definitely won't name the names, but it was part of research for my own work, um, who's an ex-police chief superintendent. And I said, what do you make about the, you know, the, the bully case? And he said that public perception and managing public perception and the public expectation has taken so much resource away from actually finding her. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. there's like a there's a huge double-edged sword with this. Yeah, it's like the Netflixification of crime investigation. Yeah, it is, it? isn't Basically. it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, Everyone suddenly thinks they're an expert. It's the same with true crime podcasts, isn't it? I think that's it where is, it yeah. sort of kicked off and yeah. that's where the popularity was established and then that's when it went to TV and they made Netflix made all these documentaries. But, um, yeah, I just love their sports ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sports ones are good, yeah. The Last Dance is one of the best things I've ever seen. Like, I think TV, it's one of the best films. things ever made, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's certainly when it comes to 
you know, digging into the psychology that goes into individuals who compete in elite sport is just unreal. And I don't even really like basketball, but I was just absolutely gripped by that. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, Thank you, fellas. Another great raft of stuff for everyone to dig into there. Um, I think it's time. It's episode 100. Oh, God. (laughs) We're going for a walk in the woods. We're not going for a walk. Uh, Actually, we're really not going for a walk. We're going to go dip our toe in. It's time for Bigfoot Corner. Jesus. Bigfoot Corner. So, boys, I haven't sent you a video this week because I went looking for it. Thank (laughs) God. And um, as I was trawling for one of my favourite videos of this, because I thought with it being a big deal, I wanted to go to a, like a really good. There's a really good 4K restoration of the pinnacle Bigfoot footage. The it's not apocalypse now. <laughs> no, seriously, there is some footage out there that blows my mind. So I went looking for it, and when I typed it in, I was offered something different, and it was by a group called by by a website called Corridor Crew. And it's called VFX Artists Debunk Bigfoot Footage. And I watched two minutes of this, and this might actually end the entire segment. I've had enough. I don't ever want to speak about this again. <laughs> I don't mean Bigfoot. I just mean this has ruined so much for me. And then I looked at other things they've done. VFX Artists Debunk UFO Footage. Debunk Ghost Footage. Debunk Cryptid Footage. They're just ruining my life, these guys, honestly. So I've got nothing for you, apart from my sorrow. <laughs> apart from my thanks, as it were, to the people in Corridor. What are they called? Corridor crew. Is it? Is this putting the nail in the coffin of Bigfoot Corner? Is that, is that what, what you're saying? <laughs> no, I reckon in two episodes' time, I'll have got something new for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But for now, honestly, I was so thrown, I don't have anything for you. I'm so sorry. So they've still not found him, is what you're saying. <laughs> that, I mean, that is, that is a, I think it's a polite way I've just come up with saying they've still not found him. <laughs> Bigfoot Corner. So now we've got Bigfoot Corner out of the way. Uh, and don't worry. Informative as always. Don't worry. <laughs> it. it will be coming back. We have, well, we put out to our wonderful listenership, what should we do today for episode 100? And there was a bit of a poll, an expertly managed poll, if I may say, James. Yeah. Unreal effort on this one, dude. Uh, But there was a clear winner. And the winner is, I'll give you a logline. (laughs) Give me one second. I can't just go into this gold. Right. Whew. A couple of hench U.S. Army soldiers find themselves at opposite ends of the moral conundrum in Vietnam and neither survive the quarrel. Fast forward 20-something years and the boys have been on ice as monosyllabic super soldiers, unisols if you will, running on serum and regular waxing programs. But the but the past comes knocking and their memories uncork in an orgy of bloodshed, gunfire, trauma and the smoothest ass in all of Europe. <laughs> of course, it's 1992's Roland Emmerich Uberbanger, Universal Soldier. 20 years ago, they gave their lives for their country. Now, they've been brought back to life. They created the ultimate soldier. Give him the serum. 
engineered for maximum strength and total obedience. Who are these guys? But something has gone wrong. GR-44, stop, that is an order. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Dolph Lundgren. Universal Soldier. The war is over. You're wrong. It's only the beginning. Universal Soldier. What? I mean, like, what is your relationship with it? Do you know what? I have never seen a Universal Soldier picture beforehand. <laughs> I'm aware of it. I knew that it stars Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren. Two of our favourites. Mm. Um, and it's quite poetic. You know, we started with a JCVD yeah. joint way back when on episode one. And Dolph has become a, a bit of a favourite as well. I think his jersey has to go up in the rafters now with Brian Cox and JCVD and Stallone and Nick Cage. and Wait, Which which <laughs> Dolphs have we done? We, I know we've done, we've um, done Rocky IV. Little Tokyo. <gasps> Rocky IV! Yeah. That, sorry, that's another favourite episode of all time. Yeah. Not on my visor, Paulie! <laughs> I've got. I've actually got the Rocky Four director's cut here that I haven't watched yet. Oh man, I need to. Watch I need that. to watch it. Yeah. I'll, watch it. I'll, oh, I'll promise. I'll watch it before we next convene just to see. Because apparently there's no robot in it, which doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so yeah, I'd never seen Universal Soldier before, but I was very aware of it. I tell you what, my family are going to be very pleased that this episode is out of the way because all I've been doing for the last week or so since we decided to do this film or rather the listeners decided that we should do this film is uh, remember that Adamansky and uh, Seal song Solitary Brother that one <laughs> yes yeah yeah I've just been singing Universal Soldier <laughs> is there still a part of you that wants to give everybody Universal Soldier <laughs> It's really catchy. Is there still a part of you that wants to live? I should have been oh. marking it on this. Actually, the lyrics work really well with the themes of the film. They really do, don't they? Oh, my word. But then, it, then because I'm an absolute maniac, it then just descends into like me just shouting to the wife, Solitary Mama. <laughs> 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 Our other halves do. They they do have to endure. <laughs> so yeah, another missed opportunity on movie music tie-ins, much with Anaconda well, and take my breath away. Yes. Yeah, but definitely should. Yeah. Easy win. <laughs> so no no Universal Soldier for you, James. What about you, Sai? Any Universal Soldier? Uh, experience? No, I, the same. Surprisingly, despite having the image of a serious-faced cyborg-looking JCVD and Dolph Lundgren <laughs> etched into my brain since childhood from all the posters and whatnot, I'd never actually seen Universal Soldier. So yeah, going in green with this one. Oh, green. Completely fresh. Are you... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh... ha- have you seen it before? Because I was... Yeah. I was quite surprised that this won the poll. To so be was honest. I. I, it was mm. in there with uh, with a lot of Cage. Um, there was a couple of Stallone yeah. bangers in there, which I thought would have. Um, I would have said the Universal Soldier was the underdog, but no, it, it won. Um, it won the day in the end. Uh, yeah. yeah so. Um, so yes, I've seen it before. Uh, had it on VHS um, <laughs> back in the nineties. 
but at the time it just wasn't one of my favorites i uh, for reasons i can't really tell i think it's just because i don't know whether i vibed with it immediately whereas i vibed like instantaneously with hard target double impact nowhere to run you know those those movies that of jcvds of a similar era mm. and showdown little tokyo uh, must be said with for dolph so yeah, I I watched it. I think I can lay claim to have watched it once or twice, possibly. But getting on for thirty years ago, mm. so this was for all intents and purposes, it was a new watch. But as you say, those posters, those images, like pretty well marketed this movie. Yeah, it was really really strong look. I mean, obviously it's aped from lots of other stuff, but uh, really know of the film, and it's a real iconic image of the two of them looking really dead-eyed in those outfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if they were a direct merch, but they were certainly based on it. There was like this laser game, laser tag game, where you had the, oh. the eyepieces and then a little laser handgun. Oh. And I had those, and I'm pretty sure it was be- Sounds because of Universal Soldier. How mad is it that like in the 90s, ultra-violent stuff, film franchises were just marketed at kids like Robocop? Like, I had so many Robocop both. toys. So many Robocop toys. And it's like, you irresponsible idiots. Yeah. An ultra-violent satire <laughs> and a Saturday morning cartoon. Like. Do you, right, do you not think that, like, this, this will put the lens on it like, immediately, right? So you've got that, that this stuff, like, even though the ultra-violent movies is being marked, that we were aware of it as kids, like, and it was being sort of sold to us as well. Whereas, like, you've got The Guardian this week doing a piece calling, isn't the Fast and the, you know, doing Fast X, is it Fast X that's coming? Fast X, yeah. Yeah, Isn't yeah. Fast X repugnant in 2023? And I was like, what? And I clicked through, like, what is the argument here? And it was because, oh, it's two hours of gas-guzzling petrol consuming cars going round for you know for two hours consuming all sorts of fuel and how inappropriate is that in 2023 no. it's like flipping oh, over. Not, you know, not, like, the, not the fact that they're like driving like animals that people are dying <laughs> left right and center yeah. no it's not worried about that they're, they're not they're not using electric powered vehicles for their heist yeah. <laughs> they're not looking after their carbon footprint i mean yeah, it's, one it's not real lads and two yeah, it's a stupid movie where thousands and thousands of people are mowed down off screen with little to no <laughs> consequences to any of the uh, any of the uh, protagonists or antagonists. Oh, I mean, it, entire city blocks are destroyed in those films. Talk <laughs> about missing the point. Seriously. Completely bloodlessly. Yeah. Um, but um, so yeah, what a change in circumstance in thirty years that is. Yeah. Uh, that a movie could come out in. Oh, the nineties were fucking ace, weren't they? Oh, so let's, let's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. But no, so it's got to qualify. I assume that when you put these movies forward, James, you knew whether they qualify oh, or not. Oh, yeah, or... of course, yeah. I've done the due diligence. Don't you worry about that, <laughs> Mate, this is, honestly, yeah, numbers. Is this qualifying? So, as you'll probably be aware, Universal Soldier has a number of different sequels, so it actually did quite well, box office-wise. So it opened in theatres on July 10th, 1992, where it grossed just over $10 million. It opened and peaked at number two behind A League of Their Own, which is a lovely Gina Davis, Tom Ooh, Hanks yeah. picture, grossing uh, just over $36 million in uh, the US and Canada and a further $59 million internationally wow. for a worldwide gross of $95 million against a budget of roughly $23 million. So, wow. yeah, not to be sniffed at at all. Very solid business. Nice. Almost, almost quadrupled its uh, budget. 
Yeah, it's interesting because weren't the sequels direct to video as well? So it's... they had one theatrical one, I think, in 1999, which was sort of like a reboot, and then they've had some legacy sequels in the 2000s, 2010s, which were actually directed by Peter Hyams' son, John Hyams, no. with Peter Hyams on lensing duties as cinematography on one no. of them. No! How yes. good is that? Yeah, and apparently they're actually really good. They sort of retcon all the other sequels that that came before them, and there are direct sequels to this film, so I might actually check I, those I out. I do want to see them. They sound they've good, got, yeah. Because um, the, the sequels that came out after the films didn't have Jean-Claude Van Damme or... Dolph Lundgren in, yeah. in mm. did they really? I don't think. No, was it was it Mark Dacascos? Yeah, there was Mark Dacascos was in one. I think um, Gary Boosie was in one as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, Michael yes. Jai White is in the third is in the nineteen ninety nine one, I believe, and he has a very tiny cameo does, in this one. If does. you can spot him, oh wow, <clears throat> does he? Yeah, he's in the Vietnam section. <laughs> I missed that totally. Amazing. Apparently, I missed it as well. I found out the truth. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, and then JCVD makes a return, and then Dolph Lundgren makes a return in the ones like the 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 very re- well, it's not very recent ones, but the more recent ones. And they're I've heard they're not that bad, so I do kind of want to watch those. I'll definitely watch them. You know what? This John Hyams, he's like he's mainly made like VOD and TV so far, but he's sort of slowly moving his way up. I've seen a couple of his movies. He's a really good director. Oh, nice. Oh, this is yeah. so great. But he's like actually gradually had to. You know, nepotism's only taken him so far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so he's had to uh, sort of grind his way up. And um, I think he's this year he's had a film out that was really well-reviewed. It was a Kevin Williamson scripted horror movie called Sick, which hasn't come out in the UK, no but he got way. really good reviews in, in America. So, yeah, he, I've seen a couple of his other, like, straight-to-VOD uh, straight Stuff and he, he's good. He's got the goods. I nice, think. nice. Love this. Like going into the family business. Yeah, absolutely. Like they all do. <laughs> yeah, like they all do. <laughs> <laughs> That's an absolute legend. Right. So, well, well, that covers that side of things. Sai, what are we looking at? Uh, yeah. So, as we generally find uh, with, let's call them um, movies from a vintage era. Lovely. The aggregate scores, are, but I can't. They're kind of based on like fewer amount of. Reviews because you know not everyone fancied themselves as a movie critic back in the nineties. Um, it was quite a niche job and a a, a sort of speciality job. Um, alas, the press in nineteen ninety two were obviously by and large quite down on the movie. Unfortunately, um, as reflected in its Rotten Tomatoes score of thirty four percent, with a thirty five on Metacritic. So very similar across the two of them. Uh, many critics somewhat underwhelmed by its derivativeness and leading men with Pete Trevers of Rolling Stone saying, though the idea is dumb enough to be fun, director Roland Emmerich does the Terminator thing without much style and the two stars bash into each other but never ever connect. It wasn't all the disaster though. Kim Newman of Empire was at least impressed with how well it was all put together by Roland Emmerich despite its thick-headedness, as he called it. Um, and Desson Thompson of the Washington Post appreciated the entertaining campness of the action, um, which I kind of agree with. There was a lot of snark towards how unintentionally funny it was, but I was watching it like, it's intentionally funny, isn't it? Like, 
they, they yeah. fully yeah. intend it to yeah. be really funny. Anyway. I, I didn't see any accidental funny, I don't No, I I saw that quite a lot, actually. Like, oh, we're, we're laughing at it rather than with it. It's like, no, I think they're intending the jokes in there. I don't think it's it's funny to... Anyway, um, it has had something of a mini revival in recent years. And as James mentioned, you know, there's been this sort of um, reboot of sequels, which went down quite well. And I think I think that sort of boosted things somewhat, particularly on audience side of things. And and in the sort of bloggers realm, David Nusser of Real Film Reviews commended its irresistibly broad setup employed to a larger-than-life effect by Roland Emmerich, and Luke Thompson of New Times calling it Emmerich's best film on the way to giving it four stars. Um, audience-wise, it's not that different on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got 46% on there. But an astonishing leap to 7.4 on Metacritic on the audience metric, so a lot better on there. Um, it's got a decent... 2.9 on letterbox so also almost breaking three stars on there the most notable contribution on there being this four star review from sexual jumanji uh make of that name <laughs> how you will, however you are uh, who said when you watch a movie like this you can fully understand why your dad or uncle decided they would only watch movies like this for the rest of their lives <laughs> we are with you Rudy we really are sheesh you know despite that low review score on metacritic i expect that to kind of slowly rise as more people get to this because the more recent reviews are very positive than the than the sort of older ones where they're sort of thinking, you know, they're racking their brains to remember whether they liked it or not. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised mm. if over time and you know maybe people watch this, it would sort of creep up a little bit. Do, do you think this is because they simply don't make films like this anymore? Yes. Yeah. One hundred percent. I was just about to make a similar point. I think you've got to remember the sort of time that this was released, like the year before T two mm. came out. In 1991, and there are similarities between that, and I think they've got the same producer as well, so they're very similar concepts. Yeah, of course. Mario Cassar is on both of them, um, so they're very similar concepts. And you've got to remember, blockbusters back then were big action superstars like your Arnie's, your Stallones, Bruce Willis, all all those guys. And maybe the critics at the time were sort of like, "Well, we love JCVD." And Dolph Lundgren, but maybe they were like, "Oh well, this is this is the B grade sort of mm. action hero." Not that we see those those guys as that, but that's probably what they like. And it's almost like they're going, "All oh, right, we're being fed an inferior product here." But I was astounded watching this film at how well photographed <laughs> yeah. it was compared. Did people just light things yeah. properly? I, I noticed that from the, the very first scene in the Vietnam bit, which incidentally was filmed on a golf course <laughs> with self set dresses yeah. and fake foliage. Can we, can, let's use this as a jump off into the film, right? The film opens up, lovely music, you know where we're going, and we're in Vietnam. And honestly, I think this is one of the best shot, best lit sequences I've seen in ages. There's this major complaint, and we've spoke about it quite a bit recently, it pops up now and again, that... Films and TV nowadays are so dark and lit really dimly and dully that you can't really see what's going on in, in night scenes. And I can't remember who it was mentioned it on Twitter last week and they were like, films did used to be lit properly. And it was something like, the comment was something like, you can watch some bullshit movie from the 1980s. Yeah, I've got it here, Simon. So yeah, Chris Goldie's pointed us in the direction of this. <laughs> and it's so bang on. 
So it's uh, it was tweeted by uh, John Frankensteiner to give him his uh, his his credit. It's crazy how the most disposable movie from the 1980s has cinematography that goes harder than most things being produced today. You'll stumble on a piece of shit star in the two Corys, and the night scenes will look like a fucking Michael Mann movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's absolutely right. You watch the Vietnam thing; it's just it lit so nicely, like with the moonlight and the. The napalm in the background or whatever, like light, you know, it's just a really nicely shot scene. It's so good. Like the idea it was shot on a golf course as well is insane. <laughs> like they dragged in these huts and all sorts and these extras and all this blood and all sorts onto like, I don't know, the long par five at some yeah. Arizona country. <laughs> <laughs> You know, films in this era have a specific look and a specific sound as well. You know, they do. Yeah. You mentioned Terminator 2, James. I think that's like, that is sort of top level. That is a step above this without question. But in terms of like the, you know, the standard films you were getting at this time, they have that look, they have that sound. That's why they're really nice to watch like 20 years later, 30 years later, because they, they have that charm because of that. And I guess that wasn't there at the time because it was just that's what all, all the films looked like and sounded like or whatever. And they sort of maybe took took that for granted that someone could actually light a scene properly. It's true. Well, it's because it was all shot on film as well, so yes. there's no choice. Yeah. You had to light it properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, you had to, had to have a huge lighting crew because otherwise you wouldn't be able to see fucking anything. But like the whole film is like it's lit really it really is, well. Yeah. I think it's a really like right the way through. It's a super shot movie. It is, yeah. yeah, I must say as well before we get too far into it, if you haven't seen uh, Universal Soldier and you don't own it, you can actually stream it on uh, the Studio Canal Presents streaming service, which is you can get through Amazon. Mm. You can sign up for a seven day free trial if you haven't had that service before. So. Yeah, well worth it. And I watched it in 4K because that was the only one that was streaming. And it just looked immaculate, like yeah. a really great transfer yeah. of this like sort of mid-level action movie that was thrown yeah. out in the summer of 1992. It's, 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 it's so to watch it like that in the, in that fashion. Because I did the same, James. It's just, it's like a gift, isn't it? Like mm, yeah. you've got this like little window, this immaculate, perfect window into this period of cinema that was actually really nice and really fun. Yeah. And I think, I think again, it's something we take for granted because all films nowadays we watch at home are presented in 4K or HD or whatever and, and look as they are presented in the cinema pretty much. Yeah. Whereas back then, I'm sure if, if you fired up that VHS, Rob, now... It would look completely VHS. different, <laughs> VHS. Be pan and scan, and it'd be pan and scan, hundred percent. You know, and, oh, and it was a it was a different experience watching it at home than to the cinema. Totally, Whereas now totally. it's very similar because everyone's got nice fancy tellies and the way things are presented with digital streaming and things that like you can watch it in four K and and they're all remasters and all stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and. It's a testament to how well these films are made that they still Agreed. look good. I remember watching a RoboCop 4K remaster when it still looks fucking brilliant after all these years. Uh, I've got that very disc sight. It's absolutely stunning. One of the best transfers I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, it's so cool. It makes me think of like a blowout. How unbelievable that was, you know, to to watch that in its presentation, like. Just uh, not not that I'm comparing Universal Soldier <laughs> no, to no. Blowout, but like like really great presentations because you're doing things properly 
you know, in a certain era yeah. in cinema. And even if it's Absolutely. even if it's classed as this schlocky sort of movie, it's still made really well, still really professionally. The people on that set yeah. and in that crew know what the fuck they're doing. They're professionals, you know, they're not dicking about. Yeah. They're actually really bloody good filmmakers. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe this is Roland Emmerich's first sort of US film. Oh, seriously? Possibly. He might have done a few others. I'm not sure. I'm just looking through his filmography. I've never even heard of any I of his films no. prior to, no. to Universal Soldier. And this is his first link up with uh, Dean Devlin, who's obviously done some work on the script, mm. and then they'd go on to do Stargate, Independence Day, Godzilla, all those movies. And, you know, Emmerich is, fa- is sort of seen as a bit of a hack director, but compared to, you know, today's hacks, you know, a lot of the guys who get drafted into make, you know, like soulless Marvel movies or what have you, he's like a real filmmaker in comparison. Oh, yeah, he yeah. knows how to stage action. No, he's got a good no sense comparison, of really, yeah. geography. As we've said, the cinematography is great and, you mm. know, squibs, great stuff. Like, Yeah. Yeah, really, really satisfying to watch. Yeah. This must have been the film that teed him up for Independence Day, right? Because this was 92. It was this and then Stargate and then they got Independence Day. Yeah. yeah. It's quite a good quick rise, isn't it, through the ranks to make? It's a good trajectory, that. It's like you can see the steps in between to the me- yeah. to the mega budget movie which you wouldn't get now now what you'd get is someone did something a movie that was well received at at Sundance or whatever and it's oh by the way you're directing three Jurassic World movies not naming anyone <laughs> in particular <laughs> no evidence that you can actually helm something of this size and that you'll probably just <laughs> run it into the ground and it'll all be toilet but <laughs> toilet <laughs> that is exactly what it is though isn't it it's like the the sort of low-key indie film that breaks through and does quite well, and then the next thing they've been given two hundred million to make a Marvel movie, yeah. and it's just yeah, and you'll do as you're told because you're a nobody and you've not made any money. Yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, when you put it like that, like, is there any wonder that there's no, there's been no Spielberg Marvel movie, there's been no Scorsese Marvel <laughs> movie, Scorsese, they are James, Scorsese yeah. Marvel movie. There's been no Coppola Marvel movie. There's you know, no. like, there's been no Fincher Marvel movie. No, well, they wouldn't because they won't work on... Because they want to make the films that they want to make. A lot of them have flirted with those properties. You know, James Cameron wanted to do a Spider-Man, as did David Fincher as well, mm. at one point, when it was more director-led back mm. in the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm. But they never would. They'd never work under those constraints, and nor should they. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you just look at like the Edgar Wright thing with Ant-Man and how he left that project. And I'm sure there's been other high-profile directors who've been on board and then have decided to sack yeah. it off because of you know, creative differences or whatever. And it's obviously because they haven't had control over it. So Yeah. yeah. Raimi's the only sort of like one I can think of, like, you know, who you'd put in a very high bracket of filmmaker. Yeah, and, and Christopher Nolan and whatnot, because they'd, oh, well, had, they'd, yeah. they'd, they'd built their way up. You know, they were... Yeah. Raimi in particular, but Nolan had had two, like, solid hits. and then Yeah, sorry, I, forgot, I totally forgot about Nolan. And it was, it was a different era back then, yeah. Yeah. Should we talk about Universal Soldier? Sorry. Oh, we're, yeah, we're, flipping yeah. it. <laughs> we're, we're in Nam. We're in Nam. We're, we are jolly in Nam, and... Goodness gracious me. He's gone Colonel Kurtz, hasn't he? He's gone He's absolutely. gone mad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, so uh, this is the first example, I think, of the fact that something that is an interesting point is that Van Damme is the sort of like purported to be the main dude. Yeah. But the better role 
is Lundgren's. Oh yeah, yeah, he's villainous. He villain. Yeah, he, he played. I, I was actually pleasantly surprised at how Lundgren was in this, particularly in this opening sequence. 100%. I thought he was excellent in this, and I've seen well, you know, looking at the reviews and stuff, and everyone's very snarky about him and stuff. And I was like, no, he's really good in the, particularly this opening yeah. sequence. I think he's really good in it. Yeah. I think he's not just in the opening sequence. I think he's really good in the yeah. whole movie because I think like it's not, you know, like it's, there's a moment. Um, oh, we're diving about already, aren't we? And it's my fault. But you know when he's in the in the supermarket later on, yeah, and he's doing a monologue. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Lundgren's going like Shakespeare on us. He is perfectly good in that scene. Yeah, I think he's great. I think yeah. he's really good. Yeah, he looks ace as well with his little Jedi, you know, little hair thing, and his. Ear necklace yeah. nonsense. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, that's so tropey, isn't it? Of people who lose it in Vietnam that become a real trope across. Yeah. Because it, yes. it starts obviously with Apocalypse Now, doesn't it? With Brando at the end of the river and mm. the beheadings and the sacrificing of animals and all, all that stuff. And you've seen this trope and it works. It's sort of shorthand for he's. He'd lost his mind in the jungle, mm. essentially. And anyway, he's massacring a village. Sorry, I don't want to be so flippant about genocide. But... It's in the context of the <laughs> movie. Yeah, yeah. He's um, he's massacring a village, and JCVD's like, no, we won't, we won't stand for that. No. <laughs> and he just wants to go home. Just wants to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. I just love how they like shoehorned in a, a, a sort of that like, he's 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 got French heritage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, explain well, the accent. We What's need. he called? It? Like hard target as well. What's he called in this? Devereux. Luke Devereux. <laughs> Luke Devereux. Brilliant. <laughs> Superb. Like I'm by it. It's fine. No yeah, problem. Yeah, I'll accept it if if it means oh, I I'm can see JCVD's sweet ass. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like so the Scott and Devereux, Lundgren. And JCVD, they are fighting because they want to go home, and they're at opposite ends of this conundrum. What do we do? Uh, he want like Scott has lost it. Lundgren has lost it. He's icing people in this village. JCVD is like, no, 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 we want to go home, and it's great. I and and it's immaculately lit. Yeah. And it's painful to watch. They murder each other in slow motion. It's so good. Yeah, I think it's a really good setup. I think it's a, a, a genuinely intriguing setup to a an, an action sci-fi movie. Yeah. What I would say with these films is like, you know, it's just it's not like anything dead fancy or like mind blowing or anything like that. Which is really solid screenwriting. Mm. It's like, yeah. right, Bosch, first ten minutes, we're in, we got your inciting incident, Bosch, they've all shot each other, they're getting put on ice. Right? Yeah. Right, we're in and then right, we back it up with a huge action sequence to see what they've actually done with this and then and then mm. we're away to the races and it's just what I find a yeah. lot of the time with a lot of um modern blockbusters and action films is they don't take the time to set the table properly and establish I love that expression. But yeah the you're world. so right. It, it, you know it's just like right, how quickly can we get to throwing shit at things? It's like they start too big. Yeah, I agree. And then yeah. try and just extrapolate out from and get bigger and bigger. Whereas this, you know, two guys just shooting each other in, in Vietnam is fairly small, but then you extrapolate out from that yeah. to set it up. Yeah, yeah. And you set up all the conflict between them. And, you know, we're talking about Universal Soldier here. This is not, you know, one of the great liter- literary <laughs> works. But these guys are well-drilled screenwriters and they know... This is what we need to set up to settle this conflict between these two characters, which will then come back 
later in the movie. But you're so right. And there's no attempt to be too clever or no. anything like that. Like, we are telling a story and we want you to be able to follow it. We're not trying to flummox you into trying to think like, you know, like at the end of the day when you go like, I've had to watch it three times and I just about get it. Like, we're just telling mm-hmm. you a story. We're telling you a story so you can follow yep. it. And we're going to do it in a way that is, yeah, easy on the eye. Efficient. You don't, it's not going to be too demanding of you. This is a popcorn movie. Yeah. These are the two guys. These are the stakes. Blosh. Off we go. Yeah. I think it does it a disservice as well when it's sort of cast off as a as, as a stupid movie because it's just a, a solid premise. Mm. Yeah, it's cloaked in boots to the face and explosions and <laughs> things like that. But so many good roundhouses in this movie. Uh, yeah. If you really wanted to look deep into this, you could find something in this to write a, a good essay on it about what it says about the military and you know Vietnam and things like that and dehumanization and soldiers. Of soldiers. Yeah, there's a, there's, there is a lot going on if you actually look for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I just think it's a bit of a disservice to the film to sort of just dismiss it as this stupid action movie. It is a stupid action movie, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But there is a lot more to it than meets the eye, I think. Totally agree. Yeah, the premise, like, yeah, it's there to put bums on seats and, you know, sell popcorn. That That's what it's there for. But, like, its motivations are sort of, while it doesn't explore any of them deeply, its motivations are based on things that are a little bit deeper and a little bit more cerebral, even if it only scratches them on a surface level yeah exactly exactly yeah but you but with this movie you're nudging those topics bringing those topics just nudging them and saying like, yeah. look this is you know this is what it's like this is like the basis for our movie but they're you know they're definitely worth thinking about mm. you know that yeah. kind of thing you know so it's it, it, not everything has to be so serious all the time and my word does this take these quite serious topics and not make it serious as well so yeah and exactly you know and if you're not into that Jean-Claude Van Damme's going to take his trousers off soon so let's <laughs> let's crack on with that yeah so good because we get into like what these soldiers could actually do and it's this like hostage situation isn't it in this yeah cracking yeah, yeah. action it's sequence incredible. And another good really, one really yeah. good abseiling down a dam like running down a dam before Goldeneye did it yeah yeah swimming a four minute mile <laughs> incredible yeah. absolutely yeah. mad and then it throws in Ali Walker as Veronica Roberts who's like the journalist who, who's along for the, the, yeah. the ride of it all and yeah. she's just like this sort of quite shit but brilliant a very uh, generic sort of uh, <laughs> April O'Neil type 90s trope yeah. Yeah, spunky female yeah. reporter <laughs> one of the things I loved about this film and, and, and the sort of sap of this universal soldier scheme of the military is how cloak and dagger it all is. Yeah. There's a good comparison to RoboCop because it's quite similar to RoboCop where you get, you know, someone who dies in the field and then they bring them back as as a cop. But in this instance, it's all very hidden and it's all shady military operation yeah. that is so immoral <laughs> and so like, morally bankrupt. And because that's what it would be, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, like, if, if we were worrying about. Kevin Bacon and his scientists and their legal yeah. standing in the last what we did. Oh yeah, a- like accidental in this one, it's double like, bill like the, of military <laughs> subterfuge. Yeah, the Pentagon have no idea in this one. <laughs> this oh, is yeah. This is what we need more in modern movies. Off the books government experiments. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The more morally dubious, the better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. From a film this going is what. Yeah. <laughs> but the, 
it's it, but it's fun. It's fun imagining this world, and it's fun living in this world. Yeah. And you know, obviously, because it's the nineties, everyone is disposable. Hostages are getting iced oh, left, yeah. right, and center. The squibs are <laughs> booming like mad. Yeah, nineties movies, innocent bystanders, absolutely everywhere. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, even like the soldiers. What is it? Gr seventy four in in lovely. <laughs> He's dressed in lovely disguise as some sort of like handyman. Absolutely oh, massive, just, just humongous dude. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you are not convincing <laughs> as a delivery guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and, and obviously they do a good job. And that attracts uh, the uh, attentions of the media who start to ask questions. And uh, it, yeah, is it, was it Ali Walker? Walker, um, her yeah, character's yeah. name yeah. is Veronica. Uh, Veronica sort of, well, she follows the the great big <laughs> camper van that they're all in. <laughs> I mean, if, they're gonna, if they want to keep it secret, there's two recommendations I'd make to the general dude. One, don't roll around in broad daylight in really, really expensive-looking military equipment. Don't go yeah. on TV. That would be another one. And yeah. don't refer to the the soldiers as unisols, because that goes, oh, that sounds interesting. Let's have a look in that, that intriguing little code name for these very <laughs> yeah. special soldiers. Super army soldiers. Like, if anybody in the Pentagon is watching the 6 o'clock news at that point, it's like, do we... Are we funding this? Do we, do we know about this? Do we know what is happening here? Keith's gone mental. <laughs> Later on, they've got... Um, who is it says, like, these men have got families. We don't want to give up. They've been on the telly. Like, you know, like, you imagine, like, is that long-deceased Uncle Luke Devereaux <laughs> running around, running down a dam? <laughs> you know, tell if he takes his trousers off. <laughs> right, that is enough. <laughs> we will get to that. Oh yes, we will. So anyway, yeah, Ali Walker, she, uh, Veronica, she is discovered, rumbled, looking into she the Universal is. Soldier project, yeah. and uh, General's not having any of that because it's all off the books. Even though he was like giving interviews on the six o'clock news, <laughs> he can't have this yet. Yeah. He can't help it, can he? Like, like I'm not going to do it. Is, are you? Are you like local local press? No, no, I'm not doing that. Is that CNN over there? Like, I'm like, Come on over, come on, come on down. So he's like, we can't have this, and he sends the the lads out <laughs> to capture her. And yeah, poor cameraman gets his head blown off. But then JCVD starts getting Nam flashbacks. Like, oh, I was in Nam, <laughs> <laughs> and he sort of knows that he needs to protect her, doesn't he? So they they make off mm. in a van. Great action sequence as well. Lovely car flips going on. Yeah. Poor guy who didn't deserve to be shot, being shot in the head. <laughs> yeah, like... really brutally. I mean, like the guy at the start, isn't it? That's what triggers yeah. Van Damme's sort of um, memories of what happened in Nam. No! Um, yeah. <laughs> it triggers his Nam. That, and, and that is just like, it, it's a chase movie now, isn't yeah. it? It's just this yeah. group of um, heavily trained, seemingly invincible soldiers chasing uh, JCVD and, and, and Ali Walker across the country. As... Do you know what it becomes, Simon? It becomes the Bourne Identity. The Bourne Identity. <laughs> Tony Gilroy, big fan of this movie, I'm sure of it, right? He basically went, Universal Soldier, right? So we've got a super soldier who's got amnesia and can't remember what he is, but he's been experimented with the US government, get him in a car with an intrepid 
uh, female companion <laughs> Bosch were cooking on gas here. <laughs> no one will ever know. If I make it serious, <laughs> no one will ever know. <laughs> Shoot it all handheld, nobody will know. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, Tony Gilroy, big fan of Universal Soldier, once again. Happy for you to come on and say that's not the case. <laughs> well, I mean, now you've said it, I mean, it's pretty, pretty bloody black and white, isn't it? It's exactly what bloody thing. They escape to a, a, a motel, and this is where the comedy starts to creep in, isn't it? Because it's a bit, yeah, it's oh, like it's fish out of water territory now, isn't it? With, Odd couple yeah. type yeah. stuff, yeah, yeah. He's like, I need to cool down. I mean, it's amazing because like they run out of gas, don't they? So he. Jean-Claude gets out and he pushes the jeep by hand at like 30 miles an hour. <laughs> She's like, hmm, this is a bit weird. <laughs> it's unexpected. <laughs> the one thing I was trying to understand, are they, are they still humans or are they like cyborgs or something? Because the, whenever they moved, there was like a weird like sound effect put over the top where it was like, voot, voot. You know, like a power drill. It's like, yeah. Do you know what? I watched this film quite closely, and I, I'm not sure. I think it's more of a sort of mind control meets Captain America type thing. So they're all souped up on. Yeah, super it serum. is that, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It is. yeah. Yeah. But they also have this thing that goes into the back of the head, which is very The Matrix. The Wachowskis. Did you rip off Universal <laughs> <laughs> This seems to program them. But obviously they have the capacity to be human again. But then it's all explained by a doctor later on who gives some of the best sort of... Expositional dialogue. Brilliant exposition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Action movie sci-fi mumbo-jumbo I've ever heard. Like, I didn't get a word of that, mate. But I'll, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Like, something to do with have got to use real real flesh or whatever. It's like, yeah, you go on, you freak. No problem. <laughs> you know, you're right. It's like, um, oh, God, he's suffering from traumatic recall. Like, do you mean, just mean bad memories? <laughs> like, is, that, what, is that what you mean? <laughs> so anyway, what we find out about the about the Universal Soldiers is that they, after they've done a mission or done some, you know, been out, they need to cool down. Who doesn't need to cool down after a lot of exercise? <laughs> and, yeah, they go into this, like, crappy motel, don't they? And um, JCVD gets his, gets his buns out, <laughs> which look absolutely glorious in 4K. Is that his butt? Is that his is the butt or is it a stand-in? Oh, is... for sure, yeah. I, I mean, we can throw this out to the listeners. Does JCVD do his own ass yeah, work? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> If he does, I reckon he does. He's worked hard on that so. physique. And 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 I've I'll be honest. I've I've watched his behind in many movies now, and pretty. I wouldn't say I'm an expert on his. Yeah. His, you know, are you confident it's the genuine butt? I, I, the one that we saw, I'm yeah, confident okay. that's the the right. one. Yeah, he seems like yeah. the sort of guy to me who wouldn't be squeamish about getting his own. No. Buns of steel out. Oh, you want the ass? Hey, Roland, set up two counters. I'll get up two counters. Two counters. Hey, Roland, get me on the two counters. <laughs> what are you talking about, Jean-Claude? Roland Emmerich never spoke like that. <laughs> Vass. <laughs> I might know that. That guy. Warum, warum, warum sie sprechen on the two counters? Vass. <laughs> Ich verstehe das nicht. Wir müssen Bombe, Bombe. Keine zwei Counters. Oh God. Oh. That is now. It's okay. It's okay. But we can do it. We can do it because of my big legs and karate. 
yeah, we've not even seen him do any karate yet at this point. No, anyway, yeah. Oh god, I I timed it. It takes an hour for the first roundhouse <laughs> kick in this movie. Right. So, can I ask this question about Van Damme in this movie, right? Because obviously, you know my general proclivity towards Van Damme. Love the guy. So, be that as it may, him coming back into the into sort of like the real world of his memories was more childlike than yeah uh say for example um Dolph Lundgren coming back into his memories yeah yeah it's very it's quite odd that isn't it it's almost like he's like discovering the world again like did he just it have is, a really yeah. deprived childhood where he didn't get to eat at a truck stop diner <laughs> and stuff <laughs> seriously it's like every time he's like he's looking down with like these almost trembling lip yeah. and wet eyes and it's like he seems to have no recollection of, the, of no concept of the fact that you know a woman might not want to look between his legs to find a tracker yeah <laughs> yeah and he doesn't seem to know what his dick is it's, it's very weird <laughs> like what what do you say is that normal or something yeah, <laughs> is yeah. that supposed to be there is that supposed to be there <laughs> it's very weird yeah it doesn't really make sense because when Dolph comes back he's like he's like he's I'm in Nam still like he's still yeah. an adult man <laughs> I was wondering, is this because of what Dr. Exposition said? You know, it was like the last thing he thought when he died is yeah. the like the, the key memory that was reignited when he sort of refound himself. So for Scott, it was like being on that front line, being in that mission, uh, chasing a traitor, yeah. you know, and being that confused. Whereas for JCVD, they said the last thing he thought of was home. And yeah. the flashback memory was was of him as a little boy, and it meant like what what I was glad about was that they didn't you know that him and Ali Walker didn't consummate the relationship. Yeah, very surprising actually. I was surprised by that element. She had a wedding ring on. That's why she was married. Oh, so I was thinking this the whole time because I noticed she had a wedding ring on, and I was like. Are they gonna get? I hope they don't get it on because she's married. <laughs> and no, that's how the film. That's how it played out in the film. She was. She became her his sort of carer rather than his lover, as you would expect in this sort this of film. This is so ahead of its Come time. Come on, will take you to the fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's like a big kid who just wants to eat popcorn and kick people in the face. <laughs> With, as all as all children do, because I was waiting to be outraged that she would get off with him, um, being married, yeah. being a married woman. I was quite surprised at the uh, lack of tattoos, but I think <laughs> yeah. Well, we got John Claude's you know, because it's, it's a night. It's a night. Exactly. I think they went. You know what? Yeah. That's enough. We'll. we'll yeah, that that suffices. It's going to be tough to beat that, really. But yeah, the, you know, the motel <laughs> shootout is amazing when he's crashing through the walls. And yeah, it's unloading like. And uh, Roland Emmerich does this thing that become like sort of synonymous through his nineties movies. Is he has these weird like sort of one scene comic relief characters, like the the sleazy motel owner and his mother, yeah. who's yeah. very impressed with Jean. The couple in the package. bed as well yeah, are pretty yeah, funny. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's great when he comes up from under the covers with his gun. He's like yeah. his head in yeah, the guy's Where was his head in that? Specific? It must have been his balls must have been resting on his forehead or something. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of weird. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, that, like as we said before, like the, there are a lot of jokes in there that are fully intentional jokes, but it might jar a little bit with the subject. <laughs> well, um, they're they're definitely intentional, one hundred percent. I don't get this 
laughing at it thing. I think it, it knows oh, exactly no, what it's doing. Oh, no, I don't at all. I think it knows just what it's doing. Like, what about the, the comic relief dude when they go to the next gas station? You know, who's just, like, gets in a load of ice with them. Where, where, well where does he another... come from? The hobo in the boot of the car. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get I'm going to get away from this. And he's like, where did you come from? It's so, but, and he's, like, listening when they're looking for the tracker on his body. You know, because they've shoved themselves into the, the little sort of side room thing. Uh, it, it, of course it's all done for life. It's brilliant. I'm enjoying yeah. everything. I like, uh, what I don't get about this is this whole thing from, and I think we we understand this now because we're not in the thick of it. But like critics at the time seemed to didn't seem to think that these action stars were in on the joke. Mm. You know, Vin Diesel, The Rock, they're not in on the joke with mm. what they currently do. These guys know exactly what they're doing. They know it's Absolutely. ludicrous. Yeah. Arnie and Stallone, well, maybe not so much Stallone, but Arnie was well aware of what he was doing. And you get that in this film from that diner scene where he's eating all the food and he's just <laughs> yeah, the way he looks. Such One of the great scene. scenes of the 90s, I would say. Yeah, and, and how he's looking and then he just wants to eat all the food and then kick men in the face in between bites. I just want to eat. <laughs> I just want to eat. He's in very Chance Boudreau type <laughs> yes, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. here, isn't he? Sleeveless yeah. Boudreau. Sleeveless Boudreau. Oh, it looks yeah, like yeah. he's got the beginnings of the mullet growing out as well. Like I, got... I think you're right. And I, it, honestly, Did he shoot it, these back to back? I've got it to, delighted got to me so much. It's Hard Target that. after this? Yeah. Yeah, 93 Hard Target. Yeah. But that makes me worry that the, the mullet might be extensions, you know, depending on... He's got quite a bit of catching up to do if he's going to have the snake bite mullet for. <laughs> oh, Rob, Rob, it's real. Rob, but it's it's real. Don't worry. It's don't real. Worry thank it. you. Yeah, don't worry. About like, it. like when Big Boss Man <laughs> jumped on, you know, stole, <laughs> stole Big Show's dad's casket at his funeral. It's all real. Yeah. Right. So here we go. This is this is ridiculous. We've literally done pretty much all the Van Dams nineties now at this point. So oh, we we've have done not, double impact, way, but. Double Impact, Universal Soldier. These are all back-to-back, right? Nowhere to Run, we haven't done that one. Last Action Hero, we have done that one. Was he in love? He must have a cameo. He did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hard Target, done that one. Time Cop, done that one. one. (laughs) Whoa. Street Fighter, not done that one because it's dreadful. It is terrible, yeah. And then Sudden Death, done that one as well. I still need to watch Sudden Death. (laughs) Uh, and you, not, there's no way you're going to be disappointed. Yet. We've got Kickboxer and Bloodsport uh, to do as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, a miraculously not the same film I found out while doing that Was poll. It? But <laughs> again, I was surprised by that on the poll that uh, Universal Soldier won out on the JCVD um, joints that we had on the poll. I think this, this, this only reaffirms what, we've, what we're learning is that this is like a deep love yeah, for this movie. Good, good, good movie. Yeah, I think it is because it's got real production value and you can tell, you know... Yeah. I like Kickboxer as much as the next person. I probably like Bloodsport as well. Soon as I think <laughs> same, they're both the same. <laughs> <laughs> Stands to reason. But this one has a much lot sort of higher ceiling in terms of production value, and whatever you think about Roland Emmerich, he is, you know, he's good at this sort of big budget action filmmaking, and all the set pieces are really good. I know we're sort of jumping around all over the place, but the motel one, great. Diner, great. And then we sort of start getting into the situation here where Dolph Lundgren's character's sort of got recall, hasn't he? And he's yeah. reawakened as as PTSD Nam Colonel. 
and he takes over the operation and starts killing all of the scientists apart from the ones who he needs. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah. It's the loyal ones, you know, like because he's got that that huge, uh, you know, thing about traitors, hasn't he? So he's hunting JCVD like he's a traitor, mm. um, a deserter, and but yeah, he still thinks he's in arm. And anyway, they're still trying to figure out what's going on. It's it's sort of all leading to. When's the point where they get arrested? Is that after the diner? Uh, yes. It yeah, situation, it, yeah, it is, yeah. Which, uh, because, <laughs> yeah, it's the ridiculousness of he buys her a bus ticket with no money to send her to Los Angeles and she, <laughs> she doesn't get on it and then it's a really nice gag. It's really where, well staged. Great sight gag, yeah. Yeah, really nice sight gag where she turns around and, go, and like, you know... And all the yeah, the guns and the police are all there and all that behind her and stuff. And this is another JCVD callback, you know, this stuff. Uh, nowhere to run, big hints of this. We will be doing nowhere to run, by the way. Oh, we well, we've got be. another at least another hundred episodes. Today. <laughs> <laughs> well, it also has you know some very questionable dialogue in it as well at times. So. Oh, superb! <laughs> you will enjoy it, and um, lots of JCVDs immaculate behind. So. Um, Win, 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 win. And then, yeah, they're, they're on this bus. And I, I think this action sequence is brilliant. Oh, superb. So it's so good, good when L- Lundgren is chasing in his big minivan. <laughs> no, it's not a minivan. It's, sorry, it's, it's, it's a, a lorry. Yeah, yeah. It's a great big lorry that's got a lab inside and living quarters for loads of people. And it looks the part, that van, you know, with its, like, corrugated edges and all that kind yeah. of stuff. It looks so good. And it's constantly trying to knock him off the road and all this kind of stuff. And it's just a really good action sequence. Yeah, I mean, when they send the driver of the prison bus to Squib City through the while well, he's driving the bus, yeah, it's just, just brilliant, just splatter everywhere. And then, like when it goes off the cliff and the and the pri- he uses miniatures, mm. doesn't he? Emmerich, I think so. I think, for the for the just explosions, point, yeah, it just I think looks so, so yeah, good. It does look really good. Yeah. Like, why did we get away from that? Why did we stop building models to blow stuff up? Like, yeah, so much better. It is. I mean, there's a lot of this like massive, massive nineties explosions going on at this, but they do as simple as we all are. They're really enjoyable <laughs> to see. Yeah, we so, built a nice little model and we set it on fire. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather see that every single day compared to a CGI explosion. Yeah, and, and maybe it's because we don't see that anymore nowadays, and it is it is all yeah VFXy rather. But than... but it's because it moves organically. It moves in a way that we can correspond yeah. to, that we understand. It's not. It doesn't billow and move in like a completely photorealistic way, which I love. I love that. You know, it goes where it's fire. It's not yeah. going to do what you you know it wants for the camera. Yeah, you know, or what you wanted to do. Sorry for the camera. So anyway, the the prison bus goes off the cliff, doesn't it? And uh, we think, oh well, that's the end of Dolph Lundgren. That's it. We won't but be there's twenty him minutes again. left, and well, this is a nineties movie. There's twenty minutes left, so and it's like, oh well, it's just going to be a lovely family <laughs> reunion, isn't it? This is where JCPD's going. Right, he's going. Can we can we talk slightly about this? Where did it? Where did the, the 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 big lorry go off the cliff? Where was that? I don't know. Utah is that where we're thinking? Somewhere thought, in the desert. Yeah, I thought it was either Arizona or Utah. Um, but there was a big. There was a. What was it called? Like a. Uh, there was there was a. Um, oh, a title card that came up and said where they were at some point. The title cards are weird. They're sporadic. They just like 
crop up every now and again. It's like day yeah, five. The day thing is yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't really bothered about the the sort of timeline in terms of days. It was a bit weird. The, telling me what day. I thought this all happened in three hours. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so for example, right, you know, like, so Lundgren glows, goes off a cliff, okay, yeah. and they get in a car and then they nick a police car and they start driving. And the suggestion is they drive about half an hour and they're in the bayou. And the title card says Louisiana. So I checked how far that was. 1,340 miles <laughs> they've travelled. And Maybe they flew. We just the, the they're in the same there. clothes, in the same car. No one in those thousands of miles has gone like, "Hey, mate, mate, is that a stolen police car? <laughs> is that a stolen Arizona police car?" It was essential to the storyline that he had a French heritage. All right? No, I, I do agree with this, but then <laughs> I sort of agree that everything. Van Damme picture should be signed. <laughs> <laughs> Do agree. Or Quebec. Or, or Canada. <laughs> but then, then you've got Lundgren who fell off a cliff. He's also somehow in the same clothes. Managed to get... He probably walked as well. You know, I had like, to walk all the... I, yeah, <laughs> I, I typed in on Google, like, how quick is... How is the best way? And they said, you've got to do a three-hour flight. <laughs> <laughs> What's Lundgren done? Has he gone down to Arizona International and checked in with his ear necklace <laughs> to get to Louisiana? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, when he appears, um, please don't interpret this as me <laughs> being not enjoying myself. This only adds to the enjoyment at this point. <laughs> And he, the fact that he's got that when they meet JCVD's mum and dad, he's got no chemistry with them. They, at they all. must be tripping out a bit though. Like their, their son, who looks so, exactly the same as he did like yeah. twenty five oh, years ago, randomly pops right. up and be like, "We're gonna get to the alternative ending, which I've watched on YouTube." Is there an alternative ending? Oh, mate, it's... Right, we'll save it because it's it's something special. What? That will help explain some of the performances here, why, why they don't make a tremendous amount of sense. I think it's the most nonsensical thing is, like, his mother starts talking to him in French and he doesn't seem to understand what she's saying. <laughs> I've been on ice for years. <laughs> I can't understand you. I've got this thing between my legs. <laughs> As is displayed in this final fight, because there's loads of, this is where the roundhouse kicks go to town. Yeah. yeah. And this is just classic 90s villain versus hero, smack in the down. Rain. In the rain. With added massive roids. Yeah, he's literally, with this, not, we're not. Casting aspersions on Dolph, he's literally oh, no. taken super soldier roids during the <laughs> yes, <laughs> SmackDown, yeah. and he's. You know what I loved most about this? Vulnerable action hero getting the absolute snot knocked yeah, out of him, which yeah, you yeah, rarely yeah. see. Mm, totally agree. It's from the Bruce Willis school. Yeah, you hear these stupid stories about um, on Fast Five back in the day that the Rock and Vin Diesel they have a fight in that, but they both have to land the exact same number of punches and. <laughs> Neither one can be a definitive winner in the fight. JCVD is just getting lamped by Ivan Drago, and he's just yeah. loving it. He's like, chomping down shots. Yeah. Action heroes look brilliant covered in blood. 
They do. They do. In the rain as well, in practical yeah, rain. Absolutely. Especially when yeah. they're wearing tight, snug-fitting <laughs> jeans that they can do roundhouses in <laughs> once they get, the, get some roids in their system as well. <laughs> we have a fake-out that uh, Ali might be dead as well, yeah. Veronica, yeah, because Dolph chucks a grenade at her and she would have definitely died from <laughs> Oh, dear. He'd be picking bits out of the fence. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, once Van Damme takes his roids, he... he Going to protect his parents, and he goes mental, doesn't he? And he basically crucifies Dolph on a on a fence and sticks him through a wood chip. <laughs> this is yeah. I think is it like a it's, it's like, like a, a grinder, a, yeah, a combine like harvester a, yeah, yeah, equivalent yeah, kind of yeah, thing, yeah. isn't it? And it's appropriately awful, isn't it? Like yeah, because yeah. he, he's not going to stop as long as he you can make that guy cool. He's going to regenerate. So yeah. you've got to dice him. You've got Absolutely, to yeah. Get rid, big time. Yeah, the regeneration thing was earlier on, isn't it? When they, because he gets shot, JCVD gets shot, doesn't he? And his bullet hole, uh, his yeah. wound, yeah, regenerate because yeah. when he's on ice and stuff. Yes, yeah, of so, course. So rip off a very Wolverine Wolverine, as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think it, it's it's not it's not explored great as in no, no. like it's just if you just cool them down, they'll regenerate. Oh right, okay, cool. Yeah. Where like um, Van Damme is like, you know, I need to cool down and all this kind of stuff down. like. It's never really explained why. It's just that when he does that, ah, oh, it happens yeah. to regenerate, or, or yeah. he heals very, very quickly. But it's still like they still need the serum, though, don't they? So it's like Lundgren's guys need the serum. Is that for the super strength stuff? They need the serum to be the super soldiers, right? They're just so, regular men. Otherwise, we're just normal men. Innocent we're men. Just no, we're just innocent <laughs> men. We're just innocent men. <laughs> it is very comic booky, that isn't it? It's very like Wolverine, yeah. Captain America, yeah, um, yeah, all that gubbins. Oh, it's the most derivative thing I've ever no, seen. It's so it all slots together so so well. <laughs> What's the alternative ending then? So the alternative ending's fucking brilliant, right? So at, at the end, right? So the film ends. Uh, Veronica's not dead, and they just hug in the rain, don't they? It goes to credits. Is is yeah. that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the, in the alternative ending, it carries on for another five minutes, right? But let me just remember this because I've only watched it once and it's absolutely bananas, right? Is there hugging in the rain and then all of a sudden, like, uh, Doctor Exposition turns <laughs> no. up, who explained the Universal Soldier thing, right? Mm. And then Jean-Claude's um, parents come out and it turns out they're not his real parents. What? Essentially, they were their their plants put in by the military because they knew he would come home and they had to capture him. And then all these guys come out from nowhere and start plugging no. Jean Claude, right? And he's like on the floor, like dying. He's like, "Oh no, I've been shot." <laughs> Where's my ass? <laughs> my ass is full of holes. <laughs> then Veronica's. Bosses at the news station turn up, and she starts doing a like live report. Oh from my the god! No, and no, dying no, no. on the ground next to her, and she's like, "Oh, sorry, I can't do this." And she goes down and holds his hand. Then the real Pentagon turn up and arrest everybody. <laughs> this is bananas. Shady program, right? And then, um, then it becomes like this like really weird melodrama as a. Uh, as they return Jean-Claude to his actual family home and he lives out his final days as just like as he slowly like oh my degenerates God. into nothing into mush. <laughs> right, this is insane. And this is on YouTube. Yeah. 
This is just not like you know the uh, like uh, the odd extra cut here and there. This is like totally rewrites what happened. (laughs) I wonder if like all nineties films had that on because we we always say how good it is when the uh, the final scene (laughs) ends and it just credits roll and there's nothing like that afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I've never I've never seen anything like it. Honestly, like it's the Crazy. most melodramatic thing I've ever seen. But then that explains why he has no chemistry with his parents because in the original script they oh, weren't his parents, his parents yeah. but government plants. <sighs> so what? I mean, like, where did this? Where did the ending that that is on the attached the theatrical version? Where did that come from? I think they tested it and it went oh, fucking garbage. We're not that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like no one went to the mushed up remains of Lundgren and started <laughs> trying <don't>. to <laughs> get something out of him. Together again. <laughs> it would have pushed it to two hours as well. Because what is this? One hour forty-five, which is quite long for a nineties movie. Yeah, actually. yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I was like, oh, the alternate ending. It'll just be like a minute or so. It was like a full five-minute sequence. <laughs> <laughs> like how much money Jeez. that will have cost as well to do that? Oh, well, go straight. Oh, how good that. is how how good is Universal? soldier <laughs> the best bit is when he's dying on the floor and she's trying to do a to the studio report the <laughs> i am watching this as soon as i possibly can unbelievable oh dear so yeah it's quite special it's good <laughs> i think the theatrical is probably better but i i, I love the fact that the alternative version is available and ready to yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, to yeah. i wonder if when the credits rolled on that melodramatic ending it still went to Body Count by Ice T. Massive tune. Should have been a remix of Universal's. Uni- of, of well, yeah, well, I, I lost my shit when uh, when I heard it was Body bum, Count. Bum. Some Euro pop just went on there. <laughs> Roland Emmerich would have been well into that, especially if you buy into his reputation away from work. <laughs> uh, liable corner. Uh, liable Is that liability corner. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I I lost my shit at the credits of this because what an absolute tune that is! <laughs> Ridiculous. Song. Yeah. I tried to Shazam it and they couldn't, and Shazam couldn't find it. Now that I know that, <laughs> yeah, Body Count by Body Count, Ice T's uh, group when he decided to do a bit of rock, fucking brilliant, super. It's, it's like why do films not finish with an ace like Needle Drop Banger anymore? Yeah, yeah, they just don't. We have to do a mid-credit sing to set up the next instalment. <laughs> so dismissive, I love it. It's very true, though. Oh, we have to spend two million dollars on the end credits. Not that everybody wants to just go home at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so let's get let's have your favourite bits then. What do you think, James? Oh, I mean, there's so many great things and we've sort of already touched on it i think all of these movies they sort of live and die on how the villain gets dispatched and this has got a, this is up there with broken arrow in terms it of yeah. horrendously apt villain dispatching you know being shoved through farm equipment at the end <laughs> of the movie is just it's just absolutely top tier stuff so <laughs> Especially when you've got the kiss-off line of your discharge, Sarge. It's just 90s action movie perfection. There is one little moment. We didn't touch on the scientists too much. You were so far out of the depth who didn't (laughs) realise this was all off the books. Anyway, when they're at the motel, uh, there's a brilliant moment after uh, JCVD and uh, Veronica escape the motel. And there's one scientist, Garth, who's been tracking 
<laughs> JCVD. And one of the other scientists turned around to poor Garth and goes, Where to go, Garth? Yeah, he was way cool. He was way yeah. cool. And then obviously he tried <sighs> to uh, kill London later on and it didn't go too well for him. <laughs> uh, not very. <laughs> So uh, yeah, it's a top tier like nineties action movie. There's loads of great really stuff is. in there. Really yep, do agree, do agree. So favorite bit? I mean, my favorite specific bit is obviously JCVD's left butt cheek and right butt cheek. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just so, so smooth. smooth in Ultra HD. Sheesh, yeah. I love the intro mission. The abseiling down the dam is really good. Is yeah, is a really well, good, well shot sequence. Um, and I also love that bit. We, we mentioned it before when uh, he sends Veronica on a bus to go to LA, but then she decides to stay and look after him. And that bus just reveals like 200 cops <laughs> with their guns yeah. trained on him. That's a really <laughs> good moment. Like for a very, very funny, good, really good sight gag. Um, yeah, that was a that was a great bit. But I, I'd, yeah, it's just filled with brilliant stuff. It's a really good film. <laughs> It is, it is. Yeah, I I just agree. Um, I find it quite hard to pick one. But I will go with, you know, when the big lorry is chasing the, the prisoner transport and <laughs> Lundgren is hanging out the side of it, throwing grenades in through the windows. Yeah. And it's just, God. it's brilliant, isn't it? And he's just shouting something like, are we having fun yet? And he's throwing grenades in. It's just, it's great. And, Every every bit of the you know everything is on the screen for us for us all at home to yeah, enjoy. Yeah. It's just great. London oh. really we can't overstate like London is really is? really good. In really his movie. Is. It's he really a, is. Yeah, it's no, not I think an it's Ivan Drago type thing where he doesn't speak. He's got a lot of lines and he's got the most fun part yeah. out of the. Team, oh, he's, you know? he's got the one that where you you can actually stretch yeah. your legs with this one. He is good enough. Um, yeah. And I think he's he's better than he's uh, than I've ever seen. I him agree. In this. Yeah. yeah, in that because it's a complicated role in a lot of ways. Coming back to life after twenty five years. To be uh, or twenty years or whatever, I, I don't know the the time gap. Uh, it never really said when in the Vietnam conflict <laughs> that they, these guys we were. Demand accuracy. I, I know we demand accurate timelines. Just before soldier. the fall of Saigon, or just after. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it'd be, it, it, but, <laughs> but to come back to life and then suddenly find yourself again. And then still be in that mental state. That's not. That's a fascinating role to have, um, and I think Lundgren is really good. And he gets chance to show it as well. You know, again, I know I mentioned the supermarket scene before, but that earlier really was the one for me where he got a chance to show something very different from the. You know what is expected of Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, absolutely. So it was really good. Yeah, really, really yeah, it's ace. Great. Um, I just wish that Van Damme had had a similar chance or a similar arc because I think he was a little bit hamstrung and hampered by the fact that his character, <laughs> when he came back, he was a kid <laughs> with bogeys all over his face. It's basically <laughs> big, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just like wondering what earth's going on. Like, what is this popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> um, lads. For your reconsideration, Universal Soldier. Oh, yeah. Well done, listeners. This was an absolute hoot. So um, a highly derivative sci-fi actioner that might not work for modern audiences, but if you can 
lock into the cheesy 90s action movie tone, then you are liable to have a great time. I, I know that I did, for sure. It kind of has a Pound Shop T2 vibe, despite likely being in development years before that film, but it's swift and highly amusing with a number of well-staged action and fight sequences. It's perfect, sort of undemanding Friday night fair that looks bloody gorgeous in 4K. And yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. If you're into your 90s action movies, look, this isn't going to be the one that converts you if you don't like this type of thing. But if you like a good, solid sort of 90s action movie, undemanding, just watch it, enjoy the the daftness of it and some really well-staged set pieces, then I think you're going to have a hoot with this, especially if you've got a couple of beers on the go as well. So, yeah, I can't fault it at all. And like I say, we've done most of JCVD's big hits so far. We've still got a few to go. But, yeah, this is this is right up there with the with some of the stuff that he did with, uh, with Hyams later and... Yeah, I think it's. I can see why it's got some well-received sort of legacy sequels, and it's had so much. You know, they've tried to revive it so many times because there is something there, whether it's derivative or not. There is something there to be explored. Yeah, definitely. As a good jumping-off point for action storytelling. So, yeah, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, and yeah, it was really good. Couldn't get over how well shot it was. <laughs> I'm absolutely nice. blown away. It's probably one of the best-looking films I've seen. <laughs> I would agree with this. Nice one, man. What about you, Sai? Uh, yeah, so so um, there's no doubt Universal Soldier sort of fails to reach the heights of the 300 movies and comic book. it's books it's quite clearly trying to imitate. <laughs> but nevertheless, the concept is really excellent and executed surprisingly well. It's just shot so well and just looks absolutely gorgeous. The vapid, emotionless super soldier formula is perfect for the vapid, emotionless acting of JCVD. Right, get out, get out. No, 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 no. They're both great. You need to be good at acting in between. He's doing asting. As mentioned, I think Lundgren is is particularly excellent in this. No, I think they're both really good. I just think they really sell the idea of and possibility that there could be near indestructible killing machines. Um, <laughs> yeah. That said, a slightly hammy score dampened things a little bit for me during the action sequences. I thought it kind of made those... Was, that was a bit of a shame, the shitty score. Um, and the humour may jar a little bit against the sort of damaged uh, army vet angle small quibbles um i think some great action sequences put this movie on the upper tier of jcvd flicks i think it's super 90s and you know yeah if you listen to the critics it might be a bit stupid on the whole might be a bit thick-headedness as as kim newman said but it really surprised me um watching this for the first time tonight i thought it was brilliant and i enjoyed it way more than i was expecting i thought it was i thought it was great I thought it was really entertaining so so good listeners I mean, firstly, thank you for picking a JCVD. Yeah. I, I can't sum it up any better than, than these guys. It's so much better than you think it is. It's so much better than history thinks it is. Uh, it's shot so, so, so well. It's beautifully, beautifully photographed. But the action is all, again, brilliantly staged, brilliantly photographed, brilliantly executed. You can follow it all just wonderfully. And it's a fun storyline. It's a fun sort of premise. And it doesn't really spare any expense when it comes to giving you the big thrills on the screen. 
it's a load of load of load of fun and it's a great example of those 90s movies that you know you wonder now for for i guess younger listeners of ours possibly why do they talk about jcvd so much why do they keep bringing about like bringing up Dolph Lundgren and stuff like that this was like back then you know these guys were box office stars where people would go and watch them and and this is a perfect vehicle for them both so yeah you should <laughs> Definitely reconsider, discover, whatever brings you to this movie. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, agreed. It's it's very good. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's so good. I love it when, you know, like people, I don't know, like other people will be like, oh, they're reviewing Universal Soldier. <laughs> and then we're like, yeah, it's actually it's actually way good. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In your face. Uh, so... Next time out, episode 101, because don't you worry, we are cracking straight on. James, it's your pick. Yes. So um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but a trailer dropped this week. The trailer was for Killers of the Flower Moon, and it got me so jazzed that we're getting the new Scorsese picture this year (laughs) that I'd like to bring the great man back onto the pod. Oof. So... I'm putting forward 1982's The King of Comedy, which is currently streaming on Disney Plus and Pluto TV. (laughs) Disney Plus. Such a suitable movie to put alongside alongside Moana. It's a PG, it's fine. (laughs) I can't believe King of Comedy qualifies. I'm interested to find out how it does. Um, Yeah, brilliant. This has got to be the first appearance of Robert De Niro, surely. It's, de- it's not Scorsese's first it's appearance. It's not Scorsese's first one, but... Yeah, but De I think Niro's. it must be De Niro's, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so we'll have a good chat about, about Bobby D. Let's oh, see how we... Uh, way, I'm so excited. Um, first watch for me. Oh, yes. It's a treat. It's such a good movie. I'm uh, very excited. You know, um, you know, you know, one of his rare non-gangster... <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the trailer of uh, Killers of the Flower Moon going like, oh, just another one of his gangster movies. <laughs> Such a lazy argument, isn't Absurd it? Absurd. I went through his filmography, right? And I reckon he's made three pure gangster movies, like The Irishman, Casino and Goodfellas. I wouldn't class The Departed as as a gangster film. It's as much about police yeah, as it is it's, about it's in, in, internal it's corrupt. Gangs corrupt of New York cops, is not it? a gangster is not a gangster picture. They're basically football hooligans fighting over a bit of turf. <laughs> 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 and mean streets, they're like little hoodlums. They're not they're not mobsters. Yeah, nobody. So, um, yeah, so shove that up your arse. He makes more religious epics than he does anything else. <laughs> well that new one uh, I think that's one of the best trailers I've seen for years, actually. Oh, I it know. looks killers yeah, of the flower. Yeah, it looks absolutely yeah. super. Yeah, it looks it's, like uh, how, how long is it? So good. Nearly four hours. Double it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> fine. Fine with that. Fine with it. Just yeah. make a day of it. Yeah. Like I did with the Irishman. I made a day of that, and I had a great time. <laughs> exactly. Jeez, it was like that bit at the end, like where are the wolves in this picture, and oh, it's just... everyone turns to look at the cat. That was unbelievable. That trailer is possibly the best film I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be. Yeah, it's so good. No, I can't wait. Yeah, cannot wait. Super. Well, can't can't wait to uh, reignite the Scorsese love on our <laughs> on our wee podcast. I feel like no, he's a hat. <laughs> Fucking <him. laughs> no, <laughs> big eyebrows. 
We know the truth. We know the truth. Uh, boys, happy 100. I look yeah, forward superb. to another 100 with you. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for joining us and for supporting us and for everything. Uh, if you enjoy what we do, please send us a, a, a review on your subscription service of choice. Tune in next time for, and Lisa, for Killers of the Flower Moon, we wish. <laughs> I imagine uh, if we have that. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next time for uh, King of Comedy. And uh, yeah, have lovely times. Be nice to each other. The world can be poo, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, and uh... Cheers, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> rest in peace, Jerry. Rest in peace. God rest, rest his soul. <laughs> I don't think we need to be eulogising too much about Jerry Springer's gifts to humanity, really, do we? <laughs> <laughs> How do we finish these things? Um, see you next time. Say goodbye, boys. <laughs> goodbye. Hard exit, just just straight to the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. As we walk backwards into the night, into the alleyway behind the club. <laughs> Before we throw a chair at Jerry's soul. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> How have we ended up here? <laughs> I don't know. Boom, ba da da ba 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 da da boo.